This is The Bull, The Bear, and My Brother's Chair, a podcast hosted by brothers Nate and Brian Lucius, leaders of the Gradient Financial Group. Each episode, they'll talk about how they're bullish, how they're bearish, and the chairs they cherish. I'm Tommy Breedlove, the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author of the book, Legendary, and a premier business relationship and mindset coach. And today I'll be on the podcast to talk about with the guys how to build and live legendary lives through business, relationship, and mindset mastery. Now let's get started, lean in, and here we go. Carpe diem. Welcome back to the Bull, the Bear, and my brother's chair. It's Brian Lucius, and as always, my brother, Nate Lucius. Nate, how are we doing this week? I'm uh, doing well. We've got, uh, I think, a lot to talk about today. We're coming off a, a big week, so I'm all is well here. We do, and we had uh, had this had our Gradient Summit last week, which is historically our, our big kickoff meeting we have in January. We have roughly about 450 to 500 people at that when it's in January. Everything is full swing. This year, however, was a little bit different with social distancing, all those types of things you have to put on. Ballrooms can't hold as many as they used to be able to. So we still had about, what, 200 total, Nate? Yeah, I think we were 200 was our max. So 200, it was great. And a little little different, socially distanced and all of that, but it was still a wonderful event. It was, and it was the first, you know, larger event that that I've been to in oof, however long it's been, 13 months or so. Felt good to get back together and get back in the swing of things. Yeah, absolutely. Who's uh, who's on our show this week, Brian? <clears throat> We've got uh, Mr. Tommy Breedlove, who is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author of the book called Legendary. And Tommy is also a coach. He's a keynote speaker. Uh, he is on how to build a legendary life, meaning in your personal, your business, and all aspects of things. So, he has some very good insight. Obviously, you know, coming off of the year that we had, I think a lot of people are, are looking at, at things a little bit different in their lives. So thought he was appropriate to join us on the show. You know, one of the things I'm bullish on is uh, motivational speakers, keynote speakers in general. We just had some really good ones at the summit. We had uh, Jeremy Goucher, who is a best-selling author and has worked with Cisco and IBM and uh, you name the Fortune 500 company on trends and innovation. He was phenomenal, I thought. Uh, Jeff Bush of the Washington Update covered all things, you know, changes in Washington going on and how those might affect the financial services landscape. We had Rob Wellendorf, who is a uh, works as a uh, advisor to usually high net worth families that have closely held, you know, medium sized businesses. And then one of my favorites was uh, Brian Vanderark. Nate, did you remember that dude from when you were younger? Uh, I, I didn't know the name. I mean, I obviously knew the song that he and the songs that he sings, but I did not know his name or or the story behind him. No, he was the uh, lead singer of the Verve Pipe. And a lot of you that are listening right now will go, "Gosh, that name sounds familiar." And their hit song, their biggest one, was "Freshman." Which you probably remember from what was that, Nate? Nineteen ninety-seven is. It had to have been. Yeah, I was probably in high school. Yeah, and he talked all about, you know, their their big song. I know they were 
selling out stadiums and at festivals and all that. That was their first album. Their second album didn't go so hard. They retooled for their third album and launched it on September 11th, the September 11th, which obviously didn't sell any. This whole talk was about, you know, having to reinvent yourself and, you know, really learning what the definition of success is and that it's maybe not always fame and fortune. There's other things to life than that. But all the speakers that we had out there, I thought were phenomenal. And you just take something away from each and every one of them. Yeah, I agree, and, and I would sing a, a little solo of his song, Freshman, but I don't think that would do any anybody any justice. <laughs> but he, he was a phenomenal guy. You know, I'll, I'll share a few things that I you know, got as you listen to people, as you talk to our advisors that are there, and, and certainly our goal of, of any meeting, and I think anybody's meeting should be, you, know, you can't take everything away, but you can get excited. Uh, it does certainly serve as a especially after the year that we've had of, you know, getting things back and, and going and getting reopened. But a couple of things that I'll mm-hmm. share that I heard from a few people, um, you know, a, as any business leader or business owner, there was this, you know, conversation that, that Jeremy talked about, about, you know, chaos. And if you've been on calls for the last year or video, as you have, mm-hmm. everybody starts with the problems, right? Oh, I can't do this. I can't see this. And it, it's just, problem after problem after problem. And the question is, you know, coming out of this chaos, which we're hopefully in the eighth inning of, you know, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to, what was me and all of the things, or are you going to write down, are you going to do the things that you've learned, you know, that worked prior, that you've had to change during the middle of all of this, and then are you going to do something about it? And so his point was, take the chaos, learn from it, and push it forward. Don't just sit there and, and complain about everything going on. Another thing that I thought was, was really good is, you know, whenever you talk to a business owner and you'll ask them questions like, is this working, right? Is your marketing working? Is whatever it is that you're doing, online selling, is it working? And usually it's a four or five minute about, well, yeah, kind of is, kind of isn't. And there's very little statistics about, you know, what is working is it improving? And the concept of the things that you measure will improve. And that's certainly Mm -hmm. true in our business. If you measure it and if you focus on it, it will improve. But that means you've got to measure it and you've got to focus on it and it will improve. And I think people get lost in that concept. Mm -hmm. I would agree. And uh, Jeremy also gave a, you know, an interesting perspective on chaos. He said that I don't remember what the number of Fortune 500 companies that were born out of recession years, but it was a huge amount. And he said, there is the, there's the chaotic time, then you have a little bit of a reset where everybody's kind of getting back at it right now. And then he said, there is oftentimes after that, there is a land grab of those who are, right. who, who come out of the funk the quickest, usually capture quite a bit of market share as they move. Yeah, and focused on the area that you're going to, the land grab, where are you going to be? What are you going to do different? What are you going to do better? The, the last part I'll mention is we had a lot of, you know, our whole meeting was based on implementation and the concept that, you know, ideas are easy. Everybody has ideas. Uh, implementation is hard. And the reason that businesses fail, generally speaking, is that they're short on implementation, right? They got great ideas. There's not many there are some businesses that start with poor ideas, but generally speaking, most ideas are good to better. 
and it's the people that implement. So ideas are easy and implementation is hard. And that's, that's a fact. Agreed. And that's you take anything in life. You know, you take, uh, gosh, whether you want to run a marathon, like, yeah, you can download all the schedules, buy all the shoes you want, figure out how to do it at the end of the day, you need to implement your way into that. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, There's I'll, no, I'll, no uh, easy I'll, path. I'll transition from there to something I'm kind of bearish on as it relates to implementation. Um, I, well, we got Lake. Uh, lake season coming up here in a few weeks, as you know, Lou in Minnesota. And, you know that. You know, you and, gotta, we're, and we're coming out of winter the, season, too. Yep. you got to get the summer body ready. So, you know, I haven't done anything crazy, but I've been working out more and doing that. And here's what really bothers me is when you look online, okay, it could be uh, social media is a huge one, or Amazon or anywhere, mm-hmm. and you've got tons of people and tons of uh, folks that are manufacturing and or selling, you know, the, the, the perfect solution to weight loss mm-hmm. and to being healthier. And I don't care. And again, nothing wrong with if you're out there doing this, if you believe in it, if it works, I'm all for it. But there are so many people that are out there saying, well, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to eat healthy and work out a decent amount, right? That's, a, that's a, We know that's what you have to do. <laughs> but if you drink 17 of these shakes per day, or if you take this pill, you'll, you'll be in great shape here within two weeks. There are just so many things out there right now. Going back to the concept of ideas are easy, implementation is hard. Those ideas are simple, right? $64 on Amazon or, or through your best friend on Facebook, you can have the magic solution show up in your mailbox in less than a week. And so anyway, mm-hmm. I was last night, I was looking on Facebook and I counted, I think like 17 people or things that just pop up that have something to do with, with easy weight loss. Oh yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know that, that I have a, a solution, but it, it's just, I'm bearish on that. I think that ties into, you know, business is the same way. Everybody's hitting my email box every day with the easy way to increase our business way to cut costs, easy way to whatever. And the fact of the matter is there's no easy road to success. I mean, no matter what, right. what you what success you're chasing, there's no easy way out of it. Yeah. I, I, I believe that, you know, there's a lot of good solu- solutions with, with respect to, you know, getting in shape, weight loss and, and all of that. But we all know that changing things at the margin uh, makes for a successful, whether it's weight loss or business or whatever it is, Right, you can't be driving one way and then all of a sudden make a right turn. It is changing things at the margin. And one of the things that one of our speakers and that we've been talking about a lot is this concept of don't boil the ocean. Right, if you're a guy that eats McDonald's four times a day and you know never walks or does anything, like how about you eat McDonald's half as much and then you walk around mm-hmm. the block twice? Right. So the concept of don't be all things to all people. Don't boil the ocean. That, that was a big one. And, and ultimately, it goes back to implementation. If we're implementing ideas, if we're doing things in our business, and our personal life, things get better. And if they're getting better, we're what we call directionally correct, which generally is a good thing. Agreed. Agreed, Ned. I think uh, everybody, you know, coming off that discussion right there will enjoy our guest today, Tommy Breedlove, who, again, is the uh, best-selling author of the book called Legendary, and is how to live a legendary life. And he's he, he had a corporate job, or he was 
you know, thought the corner office and the Rolex and the BMW or whatever kind of car he drove was just the answer to his prayers. And he eventually hung that corporate job up and went into kind of uh, coaching and helping people learn to live a legendary life. So I think you'll have a lot of good takeaways from him based on the discussion we just had. So with that, Nate, I'll have you jump out of here and time to take you to it. We've got on the show today Tommy Breedlove, who is a Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author. He wrote the book Legendary. Make sure you check that out. And also an Atlanta-based business relationship mindset coach who is a regular featured keynote speaker. Uh, He's spoken all over the globe. And his book, like I said, is titled Legendary. And make sure you check that one out. It is a simple playbook for building and living a legendary life and being remembered as a legend. Easier said than done, Tommy, I'm sure, huh? Indeed. Hello, the bull, the bear, and my brother's chair. I love that, man. Appreciate it. Definitely, definitely hard to live a legendary life, and I'm still working on it myself. <laughs> uh, it's uh, one of those things that you're never perfect at, but I was working on. We definitely appreciate you taking time to to come on our show. I know uh, you've been uh, very busy over the last 12 months here, and we're going back way before that. But you've got a lot of exciting things happening even you know on top of being a best-selling author and doing your coaching business all that so we'll uh we'll talk a little bit about how you pivoted in the in the rona world <laughs> uh, to- love it man let's let's rock brother i'm i'm cool. ready to throw down first off you know you you do mindset coaching you're a best-selling author but one of the more inspirational things here that i want to talk about is you you had a 20-year corporate career right you were you were a corporate stiff like me <laughs> and you worked at one of the largest financial consulting firms in the world you were a member of the board of directors of one of the larger uh, public accounting and financial firms in the southeast but somewhere at the top of that career right everything looks good on paper things are going great you had some type of moment where you walked away from it walk us through that I did. I totally walked away from it, which was not easy to do and took a lot of courage, a lot of great coaching, a lot of love from family and friends. And, you know, to walk away from a 20 year career when you're a partner in the company and a member of the board was tough. But um, I'll I'll take you through the whole thing. At at age of 36, I um, was a junior partner at one of the larger public accounting M&A firms in the southeast United States. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew up from humble beginnings. Uh, Brian. And so for me, I thought that, you know, the big corner office, I checked that box, the fancy suit, I checked that box, the Rolex Mm -hmm. watch check, um, some money, some power, some status, and now I'm going to be happy. Right. I Mm -hmm. I figured I've got to the top of the, I'm on the top floor, look at corner office, looking down the city of Atlanta and and now I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I'm like, well, why am I unhappy? Why am I unfulfilled? Why, why do I feel alone? And what's it going to take? What's the number? What's the transaction? What's the deal? Right. Is it senior partner? Is it board? What, what's it going to be, brother? Mm-hmm. And um, when the money and power didn't fulfill me, I turned to a lot of the other darkness that men turn to. And at 36 years old, man, it almost cost me my life. It almost cost me my firm. And ultimately, it almost cost me my relationship with my wife. Mm -hmm. And a little known fact that I kept secret, Brian, is that I grew up very humble beginnings, but I also grew up in and around a lot of violence Mm -hmm. and abuse inside and outside of the home on the street. And unfortunately, when I was 18 years old, 
Mm-hmm. I, instead of being the first person to go to college in my family, I became what I hated. I became that violence and committed a violent crime and was looking at seven years in prison. Mm-hmm. And th- this is all related to wh- where we're going and why, how it all relates together. And so luckily, since it was a first adult offense, they dropped it to heavy misdemeanors and sentenced me to two years. So I spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met a mentor in the in the institution. He was an African American gentleman who crossed racial lines, and he mentored me, held me accountable, and said, "Look, young blood, you're not going to be the guy who comes in and out of this system." Right. And so, with his guidance and with a lot of grit, hard work, and personal accountability, I went, got out, went to work at a nuclear waste container factory during the day, put myself through community college at night, ended mm-hmm. at the ended up at the University of Georgia, and I went from a jail cell to Deloitte in three years. Really. And really? that was pretty remarkable. But fast forward to 36, when I was in that dark hole is I never dealt with the fears, the insecurities, that I'm not good enough, that voice inside our head that says, what if they figure out you don't know what you're doing? What if they figure out you don't belong? Mm -hmm. You know, we all have our insecurities and fears, all of us. It doesn't matter where you are on the game of games. And I just didn't have any capacity to deal with them and turn to what I thought would make me happy and make me feel powerful. And at the end of the day, it almost cost me everything. And I said, enough is enough. And literally went on this mental, emotional, spiritual, physical journey to just figure out who I was, where I was going and who was coming with me. Mm-hmm. And during that process, I became more self-confident. I developed unconditional love and respect for myself. I had more courage. I uh, walked with my head up, shoulders back because I started believing in myself. I started really digging in on myself and I was doing what I call the inner game. You know, a lot of us go to the gym, but we also need to go to the inner game gym, you know, your, right. your heart, your mind right. and your spirit. And so when I did that, and this is the this is the punchline, my success in the firm just skyrocketed. I went from junior partner to senior partner to an international practice leader to elected to the board at 39. Most of the people on the board were in their 60s. My money doubled. My network 10x. My relationship with my wife exploded in all the right ways. And the whole community, financial planners, business executives, corporate, etc., they started reaching out to me and say, hey, man, I don't know what you did, but I like what you did. You seem mm-hmm. less stressed, more peaceful, more happy, but you didn't give up your ambition or drive. How did you do that? And over the years, I started, I was like, there's something here. There's something here. And, you know, I was never in love. I was making great, great money and had sure. you know, I was at the top of the sure. game. <clears throat> but it just wasn't fulfilling me. And so I took a big risk and decided to do that full time to help people with business and money and mindset and in their relationships and helping to not only be great business people, but great people in general. And since then we wrote a wall street journal bestselling book and we run an entire executive men's movement. And it's just been an unbelievably proud and fun and rewarding and fulfilling ride. And I would have never seven years ago, if you told me I was going to be an author, a speaker, and a premier mindset and business coach. I laughed you out of the room, but Brian, here we are. Thank you. Let me. <laughs> thank you for letting me share that story, man. No, and thank I, you for let me share. A, yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. And obviously, you know, it's it, the the things in life, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. In fact, I think the bad ones, uh, bad experiences, life oftentimes lead to the greatest change. The most painful and expensive lessons are some of the best that you learn along the ways. But you, we'll get to the legendary life part. But one of the things that you know, you talk a lot about in the book, you talk a lot about in your speaking events is this concept of mindset, right? So tell me a, totally. a little bit about how mindset affects people, affects their lives. Well, here, let me see if you guys can feel it. And so here's what 
Um, it's your, it's your mindset and your emotional state combined. So I call it the heart and mind muscles. I also call it the inner game. Mm -hmm. If you don't have some sort of unconditional love and respect for yourself and start working on that voice inside your head, that mindset issue, Mm -hmm. what life looks like, it looks like anger. It looks like judgment. It looks like entitlement, victimhood, blaming someone else. It looks like unhappiness. It looks like a ton of stress. It looks like figuring that your time is someone else's and that you never have enough time. And ultimately, it feels like there's you start looking up at the sky and asking, why am I here? Mm-hmm. You know, what does this all mean? Why am I unhappy? That's what not mastering your mindset looks like. Here's the flip side of it. Once you start mastering your mindset, you feel less stress. You feel like your time is yours. You don't hang out with negative people. You live on the abundance and not scarcity side. You start loving harder. You start living better. You start loving yourself so that you can love others. And you start having very good relationships with yourself, with your network, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your customers. And you feel like you are the master of your destiny and not that destiny is the master of you. And so that's the difference in having a a mastering. And, and there is no such thing as mindset mastery. Right. There is no such thing as mastery. <laughs> There's yeah. only working on it every single day, building the muscles. And so I'll stop there, brother. No, I appreciate that. Why, why do you think that, it, why is it such a struggle for people to be positive and believe in themselves i mean you you're you just think naturally your brain gravitates towards things that make you feel good and and do those things but yet so many people are you know go into negative slumps or or uh you you mentioned blame blaming others for what they did did or didn't have or whatever it may be like what causes people to have do you think that negative inner inner game if you will Um, it's, it's beating it now it's beaten into us almost all of your waking hours. Mm -hmm. I would say 24 seven, but at least you get some reprieve when you're sleeping, unless you're having bad (laughs) dreams, dreams. (laughs) um, unless you're having bad dreams, which might be. And here's the thing. All of us, like you said, go through slumps. All of us struggle with mindset mastery. All of us struggle with stress and feeling not good enough and all blah, 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 all of us. And here's the thing. We got to start talking about it. No, we're not alone. But here's the other thing. Find the nearest mirror. Look in it. That's both the problem and the solution. Personal accountability to your happiness and success. So here's what happens. We come out of the womb perfectly happy, loving. Look at a child. Look at a waterfall. Look at a child. Look at another child. Look at a child. Look at a electric plug. Mm-hmm. They are in wonder. They see the world in awe. They see the world as half full. And then society, our institutions, our news, social media, unconscious parents, preachers and churches and synagogues, they all kick in with the shame, fear and guilt messaging. Mm-hmm. And then we're inundated with social media that's about envy. It's about division. Our news is about division. It's about prom- literally the news is promoting victimhood. You're either a victim right now or a bigot, which is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of beaten to death with these messages of envy or jealousy or division on social media. We're beaten to death with um, that we feel alone, that we feel like we're only ones with these insecurities, that we're not good enough. We're told this. It's beaten into us constantly through all the negative messaging. And if you look at Netflix and Amazon and all the actual shows that are on there, and they're eat up with darkness. Mm-hmm. And so our souls, our mind, our eyes, what we hear, what we read, what we watch, it's just negative. It's and true. it's impossible 
to be positive and master your mindset when you're constantly feeding yourself poison. Agreed. And so when you start feeling, filling yourself with nutrition, great books, podcasts like the bull, the bear, and my brother's chair, <laughs> when you stop serious, when you start yeah. reading, you start listening to podcasts, you start meditating, you start hanging out with positive people. You literally take your destiny into your hands and you feel your mind, your heart, your body with nutrition, just like eating and working out, mm -hmm. you get mentally and emotionally strong, but you've got to choose because the only t power we have on this earth, Brian is choice. That's the only power we have. We have to choose to turn off the TV, put down the phone, choose to pick up a book, an audible book, a podcast, choose to write in a gratitude journal, choose to get out in nature, choose to go see a positive friend and to learn from them, choose to look at the people we look up to. Instead of looking at them envy, we look at it as inspiration and follow what they did. So it's, it's just we're inundated 24-7 with what I call poison and noise. Mm -hmm. And it's just simply poison and noise. And they're doing it intentionally so that they get advertising clicks. They do not care about us. They just want money. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to take it back and to take our power back and say enough is enough and start moving forward with our own lives and take personal accountability to be better than we were yesterday. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's awesome. Very good point. And social media certainly has, has changed that game. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned the, the envy portion of it, of people you refer to it as masks, I think, in one of your talks that you give too. But your social media is probably one of the biggest masks you can wear. Of here's how great things are when you really have no idea what's going on on the other side of that phone. <laughs> oh, totally. And everybody's got their relationship issues. Everybody's got their struggles. Everybody, you know, here's the thing we all have in common: is every single one of us are going to die, Correct. and this life is preciously, preciously short. And um, you know. Facebook, Instagram, fabulous, all that stuff, LinkedIn, you know, they're promote, they're there to show our best selves. I mean, we're not going to show us when we're at our d deepest, darkest and scared. Right? right. And so that promotes that envy and jealousy. And then there's a lot of social media now that's promoting division. You know, there's no open mindedness. There's no mm -hmm. talking across the aisle. You're either with us or against us. You're either, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that all, it doesn't make sense to 95% of the world. It's like, that doesn't make sense to us. And it feels wrong because it is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I love the mask analogy. You're talking to a guy who even today struggles with it. Some mm -hmm. is, are you going to be the tough guy, the important guy, the guy with status, the funny guy or gal, or the guy that can't ask for help, the stoic guy, the guy that acts like he's got it going on and behind the scenes. It's not, mm -hmm. here's the key leaning in, taking personal accountability, asking for help, being vulnerable and authentic without emotionally, you know, vomiting on somebody. Sure. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a difference between authentic authenticity and asking for help and then just rudeness and righteousness and all that stuff. Right. So when we know we're not alone, when we know that it doesn't matter if you're starting at zero dollars or I've got guys with a hundred million and everything in between mm -hmm. that we all struggle with this thing called life. We all have blind spots. We all could be better. We all have things we wish we were more happier and more successful in when we admit that, when we own that, when we ask for help and then we take action, a lot of good things happen in our life, but we also promote laziness. Think, think about our politicians, left and right. <laughs> think about our politicians. This is what they say. Uh, left and right. Look closely behind the scenes. You don't have to do anything, mm -hmm. and I'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. For That's sure. BS. That's complete BS. 
Right. Yep. And that comes from both sides. It's just a different way of uh, sending that message out for sure. Totally. Now, you you talk about, you know, when you, you you're coming up through the uh, <clears throat> coming up through the corporate side that money power was a thing you chased. You wanted the you got the car, you got the Rolex, you got the country club membership, what, whatever the thing is. <laughs> whatever your you, shiny object yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, take, take your pick of whatever you want to blow money on. <clears throat> and you eventually find out that those things are not fulfilling, yet you still have a, you know, you talk about in the book and you use a term that I think is a, a great term called financially confident. So yes. what... You you could argue the flip side of that is why you could just go live in the woods and have nothing and be happy and roam the roam nature. But like there is some component to financially confident playing into mindset. How how where does that financially confident fit in when on the flip side one would say well money doesn't buy happiness. Um, I'll start here. I'll use the great T R record, which is a great book. Anyone says that money's not important, run from them. They're broke. <clears throat> so I'm going to start there. Yeah. I'm going to start there. So anyone that says money is not important is lying and they're broke. Step two, money is a magnifying glass for wherever you are emotionally, mentally, professionally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. If you're a giant ass with a lot of money, it is going to magnify your ass to big time. It's going <laughs> to magnify your misery big time. Mm -hmm. If you are a confident, courageous, loving leader who really wants to make impact in their business, wants to make money so they can do great things in life and live a life of significance and purpose, money will take you to a whole nother level. In and of itself, it is just a tool, it is just energy, and it is just a value exchange. Mm -hmm. However, it is extremely important for impact, to experience life fully, and to leave a legacy of something bigger than you. So I'm a money guy. I come from financial consulting and public accounting. Mm -hmm. However, the reason that most people find like more and when never get there, it doesn't matter if you're at a hundred grand and want to make 500 grand. If you're at 500 grand, you want to make a million, a million, you want to make 10, 10, mm -hmm. 50, 50, a hundred goalposts, et, keeps cetera, moving. et cetera. Mm -hmm. Gold coast always keeps moving. I'm okay with the goalposts moving because that's where innovation in this country is great. We keep moving the goalposts because we want, if we're doing it for the right reasons, impact, employment, significance, because we're providing great value in the marketplace. If we have a strong purpose to why we're doing things, money can be the greatest tool in the world. But if mm -hmm. you find yourself unhappy, unfulfilled, angry, judgmental, cynical, woe is me, and then you win the lottery, you're going to be broke quick and it's going to make you even more miserable. And so right. here's financial confidence. Financial confidence is about two things. It's about learning how to be money smart. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir probably with most of the people who are listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? If you're in business, you have or if you are living this life as an adult, you have a responsibility to have basic knowledge in basic accounting, basic financial planning, savings, investing, debt, you know, understanding assets, first liability. Right. I hope I'm not talking too much over this audience. I don't nope, think I am. You're good. But you have a responsibility to participate in your own rescue and become 
read, educate, classes, podcast. There's simple tools. There's so many resources out yet to build your confidence, i.e. your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And doing the reps, the reps is also confidence. Mm. However, there's the internal game we're talking about too. I come from a very humble beginnings where my parents worked for not a lot of money, worked very hard, and they always thought that money was for someone out there and for someone else and only the lucky people had it. Mm. That is a scarcity mindset. And so you also got to work on your inner game that you know that you are worthy of money, that money will come to you if you work hard for it, that if you go out there and put value in the marketplace, you can make as much money as your heart desire. But if you don't believe you're worth a lot of money or that you can make a lot of money, you never will. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much knowledge you have. So you've got to you've got to cultivate that self-belief in yourself. You've got to cultivate that confidence in yourself. You've got to cultivate courage. You've got to start hanging out with people who might make a little bit more than you because if you hang out with five broke people, you're going to be broke. <laughs> yeah. If you hang out with five people who are going in the right direction, even if they haven't got there yet, you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. And so it's community. It's working on your mindset, it's working on your confidence, it's working on your skills and gaining knowledge. And that is how, to me, you become financially confident. Mm -hmm. no, it makes great sense. And I remember when I was little, uh, I don't remember if it was a teacher or who, a speaker, to, but high school said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. <laughs> and that is uh, so, so true. true no matter how old you get in life, isn't it? Yeah, you hang out with five angry people. Guess what you're going to be? Angry. Totally, totally. Now, so as you're, as you're, you, you got two balancing things here of, you know, making sure that you're not uh, dying in the office and not being fulfilled. You're trying to be financially confident. There, there's a there's a balance one has to find here of, you know, busting their ass and still enjoying life and enjoying experiences and all these things. And, and you talk about finding that balance without compromising that success how how do you do that um i don't think there's any such thing as balance i think there's prioritization and pre you know what i'm saying and then yep. when your priorities change you reprioritize and so with that being said if you're starting a business or you're starting at ground zero in your career Mm -hmm. you're going to be putting a significant amount of time into that career to or that business, depending on what kind of success you're looking at getting. For sure. Um, if you're really wanting to build a quote, which is like playing in the NBA or major league baseball, just not many people get there. I mean, very, very few, the statistics mm -hmm. are off the chart small, but if you want to make, I mean, if you want to play big, big ball, you're going to put big time, big money, risk, and all that into it. And it's going to come at the compromise of relationships, experiencing travel, um, friendships. It will come at the cost, sure. but it doesn't have to come at all costs. Mm -hmm. And so depending on the season of your life, um, the great news about time and energy is nobody on this planet has any more than anybody else. All right. And so when you look at the guy or gal next to you and you say, well, they seem to have a lot more time. And no, the truth is they get the exact amount of time that you do. Mm -hmm. It's where they focus and where they prioritize. You know, if your relationship is struggling or you're not spending time with your friends or you're feeling unfulfilled or not experiencing life, you need to reprioritize to that. Mm -hmm. Because what you don't want to look back is regret. You don't want to chase the almighty success, whatever that means to you. And most people, especially men, we crave status, we crave respect, 
and we are afraid as hell of, of embarrassment. And we think professional success, professional status, and money are going to bring us happiness. And that goes way back to sex, man. Sure. I know I'm going way <laughs> off track. Yeah. Because, you know, historically, people have been attracted to people who are successful, have status, and money. Mm-hmm. It's really deep-rooted in that, that kind of kind – of, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to compromise your friendships – your relationship with your significant other, your experiencing life, your travels, your rest, your inner work, your body at the expense of more because more and when never come. Right. And so the balance to me is about prioritization. It's about when knowing when to reprioritize, but also not letting anything slip through the gaps. Mm-hmm. Not letting, you know, because at the end of the day, no one's going to read your resume. They're going to remember how you made them feel, your friendships, how you how you treated people around you, what impact you made, and did you live a life of significance or not? No one's going to care what you did and what you made or what you drove. Right. All those things are still important. I'm not saying they're not important, mm-hmm. but at the they're end of the day, the it's about thing. living. That's right. It's living life with no regrets. The way I would put it. Cool. Very cool. Now, you you also talk about, you know, taking control of your time. And we were chatting a little bit before I, I think we got on here about, you know, who, whose time is it and who's really in control of your time, which probably goes into this prioritization. Uh, how do how how does one just lose control of their time? And what are some signs that I've lost control of my time? <laughs> Here's the biggest sign. The word busy. Mm-hmm. The word busy should be removed from your vocabulary. If you're busy, something or someone else is prioritizing your time. Mm-hmm. And if you really reverse engineer 24 hours in a day from email to social media to minutia to doing the things that are easy to doing the things that are truly unproductive – to doing things that are lazy to you. I guarantee you in every human being's lives on earth, I could at least find two good hours. They could do something else with Mm -hmm. even, even people who are just starting out that might have two jobs. You know, I was that guy at one time where you had two jobs, you're working night and day. There's always time for you to make for yourself. There's always time to make for rest. And there's always time to make for development and self-growth. There always is. So the key again, and here's here's the biggest thing, is who you spend your time with and what you spend your time on. Mm-hmm. And so me, when it comes to the who, not the what, the who, here's some tactics. If a who is not a hell yes, it is a no. Let me repeat that. <laughs> if a who is not a hell yes, it's a no. So if Uncle Bob calls you and you don't even want to pick up the phone, don't go see Uncle Bob on Saturday. Just don't go see Uncle Bob. See him on Thanksgiving. Him you know, yeah. um, if if Sarah and Joe down the street invite you to dinner and you're like, oh, that's a no. Don't right. go spend time there. Right. Um, and so if you use that filter for the humans you hang out with or your clients or your employees or your vendors, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, it'll be remarkable how much more more and quality time come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, when it becomes to the what you do, there's something I call your zone of brilliance. I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell you exactly what that is. When it comes to what you do, whatever craft you're in, whether you're a baker, a financial planner, a world-class coach, a basketball player, or an aspiring artist, it really doesn't matter. If you are 
every single day working in what I call your zone of brilliance, which I'll define, if you are working between one hour, that's, that's a beautiful thing. That means you're working in your zone of brilliance for an hour. It's where you're most productive. It's where you're most happy. It's where you're an artist or a craftsman. Mm-hmm. It's, your, it's where your God-given talents meet something you actually enjoy doing. If you can get that number up to four hours a day, that is a world-class pro. That is literally a world-class pro. And if you can, as best you can, between one and four hours a day, use your God-given talents and the things that you enjoy in your business and or your life, you will manifest so much more success, efficiency, process, profitability, et cetera, just by being laser focused. The problem is we get distracted. Social media, email. Email is like, ugh. So email is someone else's to-do list. Go mm-hmm. right now, look at your email box. And it's other to. people asking you to do something. <laughs> For sure. Um, so if you can turn off the noise, the distractions, <laughs> and be a world-class pro between an hour to four hours a day and whatever craft it is, and not let someone or somebody else distract you. And I'm only asking for four hours. Mm-hmm. Your profitability, your happiness, your being fulfilled with what you do, um, it, it'll just go off the chart. So those are two hacks as well. Um, as you get more successful, as you get the opportunity to do that, here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. One no is worth a thousand yeses. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to learn how to say no. You got to say no to certain things and certain people. They're just, you can't be everything to every person. And chances are most of those people are making you unhappy anyway. So saying no, being a pro and using that if it's not hell yes, it's a no. Those are some great time hacks for you. Perfect. I appreciate that. That's very good. I love that. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. <laughs> That's on the who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might apply that to a lot of my life. <laughs> hey, uh, let's, uh, I got two, two more questions. This first one's a, a little bit longer, but talk about the legendary life movement that you've started now. And, and you, it was a, Tell them, was this born out of uh, COVID shutdown, all that? I mean, I know you've been Legendary Life, the book. You've had all these things, but this movement now is a little bit different. You put some new twists on it. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so the movement was, you know, when I first left um, public accounting and financial consulting, I'd worked so much in my life. You're talking about a 20-year career of, on average, 60-plus hour weeks. And I was just burned out and needed rest and wanted more of a lifestyle business, wanted to coach people who wanted to be better people, humans, more successful, more happy, more fulfilled in their lives and relationships and in their businesses. I want to do that half a year and travel half a year. Mm -hmm. Then we wrote the book Legendary and it's just had incredible commercial success with the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling book. And then I started seeing these massive changes in these people's lives that I was coaching from more time to more intimate relationships with their family and friends to experiencing life more full to more financial success. Like this formula that we, that I had found not only in my own life, but applying it to these men and helping. And I mostly work with men and I'll explain why we're actually starting a women's movement next year, but I'll explain why there's cool. a, how it works. Um, but I started seeing these incredible results and we're like, well, how do we scale this? And we've scaled it through the legendary life movement, which consists of a foundational retreat where somewhere between seven and 12 executive men and or women come together. Mm -hmm. They connect, they build trust. They talk about, um, they get authentic and vulnerable and uh, real in all the right ways. 
And it's a three-day process of connection, of trust, of empowerment, and you leave there more confident and courageous. And then you come into community with us for the next year in what I call a mastermind, where we meet twice a month. And then we come together in conference twice a year. And it's a way for us to bring like-minded people together, people who want to be better in all phases of their life, people who want to make be successful and make impact, and who want to live in their own power, their own courage, and their own confidence. And um, that's what the Legendary Life Movement's all about. So there's a li- there's an intimate live retreat that everyone is required to go through, and then there's the subsequent mastermind where we meet twice a month, and then there's two conferences a year. Started with men, and I'll tell you why. Um, when we start getting real with other men, when we find people we're safe with that we can trust, who who carry the same profit burdens, and when it comes to asking for help or showing weakness or saying, I don't know what I'm doing in this particular phase of my life, mm-hmm. or especially talking about relationship issues with their significant other and or their sex lives, mm-hmm. if there's someone in the other uh, of the other sex there, they will shut down and cower. Mm-hmm. I wish they didn't, but they will. <laughs> That's true. Because they don't want to lose face. They don't want to lose status. They don't want to lose respect. Mm-hmm. And so in order to have a holistic life, this is the truth, we want to be financially confident. We want to have more purpose in our lives. We want to have more time. We want to have more bigger network and more friends. But damn it, we want to have a good marriage and good sex life too. And so mm-hmm. we don't leave anything off the table. Um, so we started with the men's movement. Next year, we're actually starting the women's side of this thing. Cool. And eventually, we're going to do um, we're going to we're going to mix it all together at certain times of the year too. So we're super excited about it. Cool. Thank you, Brian, for letting me share that. But it's something I'm so passionate about, and we've just seen so many people's lives change for the better. It's just it's just an honor to do this, man. No, and I, I think it's it's awesome, and it's one of the cool things about that too is you know I'm it's even harder to open up. I'm sure you've seen in in your community or at your office or wherever, because you have the, you know, same risks that you're talking about, where if I go and meet with 12 other people that are like-minded and share, I already identified similar problems. Those guys aren't coming back to my neighborhood to spread gossip or do do whatever. So it's a speak freely environment, which is a great thing. And they also sign a really big confidentiality agreement that I enforce. (laughs) (laughs) Revert back to the corporate structure, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got good attorneys and I've I've got, so at the end of the day though, here's the truth. Here's what we give people. Um, We give people the gift of going second. So it starts with me and my co-facilitators. Mm-hmm. We give them gift to go in second is we don't have it all figured out. You're not alone. We all have our insecurities, our fears. We all have our struggles in our businesses, our lives, our money, our relationships. We all want more of this and more of that. Now let's lean in. Let's let all of our brains become one brain and help us be better in these areas of our lives that we, and so we give people the gift of going second. We give people a safe environment. You said it best. They're like-minded. They carry the same burdens and they want the same success. Mm-hmm. And so there's something magical. And they, when people don't feel alone, when they feel like, hey, this man or these people have my back. Mm-hmm. This is my board of directors. These are my brothers. These are the people who are walking this journey with me. There's something special with that. And what people start realizing, if they start with themselves – Start with, you know, building more courage, more self-confidence, that inner game we talked about. Mm-hmm. Then they come into community and they have a real connection with other men that will help hold them accountable, help lean them in, help make them better and help hold space for them. 
the third result of that, the result of reprioritizing your life to those two things will be more success, more profitability, more happiness, better success. But we got it reversed. We start with the business, 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 network, network, network. Right. It's reversed. It starts with us, then community, and the community comes from these like-minded people. And as a result, all of the success, it does, it's not if it comes, it's when. Right. <clears throat> no, that's awesome. And there's not a, you know, not a, not a person that would listen to this that can't identify with the things that you're talking about. I hope there is. I hope there's someone's like, I already got what he's talking about, just licked. <laughs> but rarely in life is uh, that ever the answer. And so if anybody wants to uh, check out Tommy, I'd highly encourage you to go to his website, TommyBreedLove.com. You can see his books on there. I, I tell you what, if for the first five people that email me, I will email me out, call me, whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, I will send you out a copy of Tommy's book. So first five, send them on in. I'll get that out to you. And yeah, the, the, the thing I wanted to end on was a little more fun of you mentioned you, one of your favorite pastimes or favorite things to do is to hike. What are the top few oh, places you've hiked? Oh my gosh. I'd say probably anything on the Appalachian trail to me is just breathtaking. Really? Um, Yosemite in um, California, if you can't – can I do four? Yeah. I'll say Yosemite Yosemite and um, Yellowstone – there's three parks, Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, and Yosemite. Mm -hmm. Greatest hiking in the world. If you can't see a higher power of God there, I can't help you. I mean, if you can't find it there, you got got to look at something else. (laughs) I would say in the, the probably the most unique place, and I didn't realize how dangerous it was, but so I'm going to say them again, Appalachian Trail, uh, Yosemite, Grand Canyon, and or Yellowstone. I mean, this country is just filled with world-class hiking and just sure. beauty beyond your imagine. And get out in nature, man. That's where you find your soul. Agreed. But I took a trip to Colombia, South America, and apparently I was told by the Colombians that they don't do much hiking there. And this was told me by like 20 Colombians. <laughs> But I heard that the largest one that, or the, either the largest in South America or the second largest in all of North and South America was in Colombia. And so I hired this guide who I almost killed him because it was a really tough hike um, <laughs> who didn't really make it most of the way. But apparently I finally made it. But it was like a really long, really high, really hard hike. But what made it so dangerous, apparently that is the controlled area of the gorillas who don't like the government. <laughs> So I just really got lucky that I wasn't kidnapped trying to find this waterfall in some of the most hostile parts of Colombia, South America. So if you ever get a chance to see that waterfall, it might be better to helicopter there, though. (laughs) See if you can fly over it. <laughs> yeah, fly over it, man. Don't, don't walk because it's a long hike. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of stuff that makes for great experiences, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. When I went to dinner that night, my wife was there on business. And when I went to dinner that night with all these uh, Colombian executives, they were just dumbfounded, shocked, nervous, and like, <laughs> Why you would dumb you Americans. do that? So, yeah, you dumb <laughs> Americans. So, yeah, that, that's probably my best hiking story. That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, like I said, much appreciated you having you on the show. We appreciate the time. Appreciate all you're doing out there for everybody out that's that's just trying to get through life, trying to have a good life, live a legendary life, and hell if we don't struggle along the way, though, right? Amen, brother. We all do. That's that's what makes. If we were perfect and immortal, this life would be really boring. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Cool. Well, Tommy, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. What an honor, Brian. Thanks.